and welcome to a new instalment of Business Disability Forum's podcast series. As always, we would like to hear from you. Please let us know what you think or if you have any questions for us. You can contact us by calling 020 7403 3020, email us at media at businessdisabilityforum.org.uk or tweet us at, at disabilitysmart. I'm Diane Lightfoot, I'm Chief Executive of Business Disability Forum and today on the first episode of our second podcast series we are talking about accessibility and what an employer can do not only for their employees but also for their consumers. I'm delighted to be joined by Victoria Cleland, Director for Banknotes and Chief Cashier at the Bank of England and if you didn't know it's Victoria's signature on all the new banknotes in your wallet. Money, or more accurately, accessible money, is something that affects the lives of everybody. And we are here today to talk about the launch of the new accessible £10 note and the Bank of England's journey towards becoming disability smart. So welcome, Victoria. Could you tell the listeners a bit about your role at the Bank of England and what it involves? Thank you. Yes, I do sign the banknotes and it's an amazing honour to be signing on behalf of the country and the Bank of England. But there's a lot more to the job than that. In essence, it's everything to do with Bank of England banknotes, design, distribution and destruction, including all the preparations we've been taking over the last few years to get ready for the launch of the Jane Austen £10 note on the 14th of September, a really exciting time for our team. A number of people wonder why we're still producing banknotes, and actually they're very surprised when I explain that demand for banknotes is increasing year on year. So the well over 3.5 billion Bank of England banknotes in circulation at the moment. And the job of my team is to make sure that those banknotes are fit for purpose. That's one of the reasons why we're introducing the polymer notes, which are clean, secure, durable, which means as long as well as being sort of nice in people's pockets, they're actually much more difficult to counterfeit. So banknotes are the main part of my day job but I'm also the executive sponsor of the bank's disability network and the executive sponsor of our bicycle users group. So trying to mix a couple of interests as well as the um, excitement of banknotes. That does sound interesting and it sounds like a very busy and varied role. Um, It's really interesting what you're saying about the popularity of banknotes and given so much of payment now is, is digital and contactless, I think it's also telling how much affection there is for cash and how much interest there is in the new banknote coming out. On a personal level, I know the way I think about spending cash is, is very different to spending digitally. It's, it's much more tangible. It's much more real. So as you said, the new £10 note is launching on the 14th of September and I can see it now and it is a thing of of great beauty. Um, You can't see it, of course, listeners, but there is going to be a photo on our website you'll be able to have a look at. It's the traditional £10 note colouring, very autumnal, which is very, very appropriate for the launch now, um, but also very delicate. But more importantly, it's extremely accessible. So Victoria, could you tell me about how it's accessible? Yes, I mean, with our banknotes, we've always had tiering, so the different value banknotes are different sizes, both in height and length. So we've seen that as very important in terms of helping particularly blind and partially sighted people. We also have a very different colour for each note, and having done some previous work with the Royal National Institute for Blind, we've developed a larger white space to put the numerals on and try to give as much space to the numerals possible. So you'll see on the note we've tried to make the 10 quite big and bold but this time we've gone further 
we've introduced a tactile feature aimed primarily at the blind and partially sighted and it consists of two sets of raised dots on in the corner of the note and so people will be able to feel those and they'll know it's a 10 when we introduce the £20 note in 2020 that will have a different configuration of dots so we see this as a really important and it's an exciting development really trying to make the note more accessible. That's really amazing. I hadn't realised that it was it was quite that accessible. And in preparing for, for today's podcast, I was thinking quite a lot about our banknotes and how accessible they are already. And it really struck me when I went to um, the States a few years ago of actually how confusing it is using dollars because they're all the same colour and the same size. And the fact that our banknotes are already different colours and sizes, even if we don't think about it, makes a massive difference in, in how easy they are to use. Um, so what made you go the extra mile and, and why now? So at the bank, we take sort of diversity and inclusion incredibly seriously, both for our staff, for visitors, but also really importantly for the British public who were there to serve. And so with banknotes, we're always looking to sort of exploit the changes in technology, hence Polymer and key security features. We also found with Polymer, it would enable us to have a more long-lasting tactile feature so we saw the opportunities there new design and we said let's go for it brilliant and and how did you engage people in that process and at what stage coming up with the design we needed to think about something that would be recognizable for people so be useful to them something that would be long lasting there's no point having a feature that wears out very quickly something that was easy to produce and with a reasonable value for money and also something that would work well in all the cash machines. So if you had some incredibly um, raised feature, it may not go through ATMs. So we need to think about those various configurations. So clearly worked um, hard with our suppliers, but we thought it was incredibly important to develop something that people would use and find as easy as possible. So we went through a number of focus groups with the um, Royal National Institute for Blind, really saying would you use a tactile feature if it was um, put onto the notes? And there was a very strong feeling that, yes, if that was there, that would be really helpful, we'd like it. And then if you do have a feature, what sort of configuration would you want? So, for example, we were sort of advised not to try and put a numeral in Braille because not many people um, would be reading Braille. Some of the combinations of shapes that me and my team thought, oh, well, that's quite a whizzy shape, people just couldn't feel properly so the focus groups we held were incredibly valuable just in terms of what can people feel what will be easiest to recognize whereabouts on the note do you place it that's fascinating and just hearing of all the different considerations that you have to have to deal with it's 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 a bit of an eye-opener really thinking about all that and obviously it's a great example of inclusive design um, which is something that many of our members here at Business Disability Forum are now embracing and we we tend to talk about a three-stage process of design user testing and review and it's it's clear that that's that's what you've done here and, and crucially involve disabled people throughout the process um, whether it's a building or a banknote or an IT solution, it's much, much cheaper to build in inclusivity and accessibility from the beginning rather than trying to retrofit it later on. Um, one of our members, Network Rail, in their inclusive design strategy, they estimate that it costs 10,000 times as much to retrofit a solution post-release, i.e. right at the end of the process, than it does to include them at the beginning. So that's 
that's quite a, a staggering figure, really. And um, also, inclusive design, we increasingly find um, it doesn't just benefit disabled people. We often say here that if you get it right for disabled people, you get it right for everyone. And that's clear when we were talking about the different colours and sizes of the banknotes. Um, but also, going back to Network Rail, they talk about the fact that having increased numbers of lifts will reduce the number of accidents of people struggling with buggies or um, taking luggage on their escalators. Um, and we're also seeing a number of examples where inclusive design is not even possibly thinking about disabled people or accessibility. It's just naturally built into the product. So Barclays has produced BPay, which is a contactless payment band, which I probably shouldn't be mentioning when we're talking <laughs> about banknotes. But, the, but they've got a fob that wasn't specifically designed with disabled people in mind. But they found out that, that wheelchair users, for example, really like it because they don't have to rummage around in a bag and therefore feel a bit vulnerable, perhaps, if they're on their own. So um, I think that's really interesting. Um, completely different subject. London City Airport uh, was, was telling me lately that they have been designing um, an AVI ramp to help wheelchair users get on board planes um, much more quickly and also, crucially, with much more dignity. Um, and of course, that's turned out to be hugely popular with people with wheelie suitcases, which, let's face it, is um, most of us. But of course, it wasn't always this way. Um, the Bank of England was built long before accessibility, let alone inclusive design, was thought about, I'd imagine. Um, I looked it up and found that it was established in 1694 is the second oldest central bank in the world and the world's eighth oldest bank overall, which is really quite <laughs> astonishing. So I was particularly struck by the way that you're challenging the received wisdom that listed buildings, and the Bank of England is a magnificent listed building, can't be made accessible. So can you perhaps tell me about some of the ways the bank as an employer and as a, as a um, working with customers is overcoming some of these challenges around disability access and particularly physical access? Yeah, I mean, it's something that the bank takes incredibly seriously. I mean, starting with sort of what we do for our staff, we want to make sure that we're giving people as many opportunities as possible. They shouldn't be differentiated against or at a disadvantage just because of some form of um, disability. But also for the bank as a whole, we want the best people and recruiting from a sort of really diverse range of backgrounds and things, we can get the best people. So it works for us. So we take a lot of... Um, time during recruitment in terms of how do we get the best staff and we're um, an approved user of the positive about disabled people logo which means that um, if disabled people are meeting the absolute minimum criteria we'll definitely give them an interview so trying to be sort of inclusive and open from the start also if and there are sort of unfortunate circumstances where people while they're working at the bank become disabled thinking how best we can react to that there's a staff-led disability network in the bank, and I'm the executive sponsor of that. And this is where the staff are trying to think, how can they make the bank a better place to work for disabled people? And also how to increase awareness across staff. And they've had some great initiatives. Um, for example, they've managed to sort of work with our property team to get more disabled toilets into the building which can be quite a costly process, but some of what they're doing is actually, if you think about it, it's really cheap and it's really easy. Mm -hmm. For example, large print menus in the staff canteen, making clear when you book a room electronically, it says if that room you need to access it via stairs, there are still a few rooms in the bank like that. So trying to think about some of the sort of the physical 
constraints, but also raising an awareness, and they're doing some much more fun things. Um, for example, having events within the bank where people can go and see what it's like to use a wheelchair and navigate around. We've got a series of goggles that you can put on that will um, simulate different forms of sight loss and then trying to do tasks using those. And also we've recently started introducing a speaker programme. We've had some great speakers quite recently. We had um, Tom Pei, who's the CEO of the Royal Society um, for Blind Children, which is a fantastic charity sort of supporting children as they set up the ladder to move forward and he did a sort of joint presentation with John Spence who's got an illustrious career in sort of financial services but also does a lot for charity. Both of them lost their sight in sort of middle age but listening to them there were some people um, from the network there who also lost their sight. They found it inspirational, it was just showing what people can do, how you can overcome these barriers and be phenomenally successful. So the network is trying to do a lot to um, raise awareness. But as a central bank, we also need to think about visitors to the bank and also, say, the public as a whole who we're there. So that's why we're doing things with banknotes, a lot of our literature on the website. People can request sort of large print versions of that. So we're trying to think about how to pull down those barriers. That's really impressive. Um, I was interested as well when you're talking about people acquiring a disability later mm. in life. I heard a stat this morning that apparently the average age for acquiring a disability is 53. So, uh, yes, I'm not sure what quite to do with that, but it's, it's quite scary, actually. Um, but I know as well that there is a new lift, which you are rightly very proud of. Could you tell me about that? Yes, as you were saying earlier, I mean, the Bank of England is a very long-established institution. Um, the building we work in is beautiful it was partly developed by Sir John Soane um, redesigned but it doesn't always look the most accessible building and it's grade one listed quite rightly so because it is beautiful and historic but that does raise some challenges in terms of physical access and in particular at the front of the bank to come in there are steps and it's mm -hmm. trying to think how can we get around this issue and realizing it would be very difficult to get any form of planning permission that would sort of essentially deface the bank and you need to be careful what you're doing because we're straight onto a very busy street but it was like there must be a way around this and um, some of the team in the bank were talking to an architect who was working on a church about some steps that could actually sort of move and was mm. like that might be an idea and after a lot of work and experimentation uh, they developed and my understanding is they're the first of their kind. They're a set of steps. They look perfectly normal if you come to the bank. Press a button and they will actually sink into the pavement and a platform will emerge, which you can put a wheelchair on and it pulls you into the bank. And it's fantastic. You wouldn't know it was there unless you... No, definitely. I press the button. Completely agree. I, it was it was pointed out to me when I visited recently, and you would never know. It's it's so impressively done. I really I really love that you've done that. I mean, it blends perfectly, but it's it's just such a brilliant rebuttal to people saying, "Well, you can't make things accessible because it will spoil the aesthetics." And actually, if you really want to do it, it is possible. So yeah. fantastic. It was really it was really exciting, and actually, we won an above and beyond blue badge style award in two thousand and six for this piece of innovation. Oh, wow. It was opened by Claire Harvey, the Paralympic 
athlete. So it was a really exciting time and all of the sort of thought and work that went into it was definitely worthwhile. Yeah. No, it's brilliant. And um, it's also good for business. Recent estimates suggest the annual spending power of disabled people is approximately £200 billion, which is an awful lot of £10 notes. Um, and yet our walkaway pound research estimated that £1.8 billion per month is lost to businesses as disabled customers and their families actually walk away from providers who aren't accessible. Um, so really important message that it's it's not just the right thing to do, it's it's the business, business savvy thing to do Absolutely. as well. It makes sense. So thank you ever so much, Victoria, for being with us here today. Um, thank you very much for, for launching your £10 note with us and for all the amazing work that you're doing around accessibility at the Bank of England. It's, it's been really inspirational talking to you. Um, as always, we would like to hear from you, our listeners. So please let us know what you think or if you have any questions for us. You can contact us, as I said at the beginning, on 020 7403 Email us at media at businessdisabilityforum.org.uk or tweet us at at disabilitysmart. You can also find an inclusive design toolkit on the technology task force section of our website at www.businessdisabilityforum.org.uk. Mm-hmm.